Welcome back to episode 2 of The Coach's Couch. So today we have got a big nutrition talk for you. So we're going to chat about different styles of dieting. So we're going to chat about diet plans, flexible dieting and intuitive eating. What's what, what one suits who are the best, etc, etc. So I'm just going to pass you over to Fraser. He's going to talk you through what a diet plan is first. So diet plan is a much more stricter version of for dieting uh, where you get given set food sources for set meals, etc. You don't really need to be following that kind of method diet if you're just a general weight loss. I would say something that more towards the end of a serious diet you'd implement. But in saying that, some people just prefer that method of dieting. I personally prefer that as well. Like if I was to start dieting or any point, any, any gen, general day to day, like Monday to Friday in particular, I just follow a strict diet plan. It's not for any other reason other than that I like to just tune out and not worry about food that I know just exactly what I'm going to be having, okay? It varies person to person. It's not an, a method that's like a lot of people like to, to implement. Um, I mean, would you want to explain more flexible dieting in comparison to it? Yeah, so flexible dieting, like it says on the tin, it's flexible. So basically, you've probably seen people using the likes of my fitness pal. That's probably the kind of most popular app to kind of track your calories on. And then you get like NutriCheck as well. So what you'll see is, is people will track their calories with flexible dieting. They'll set themselves a goal. So for example, a male sets himself 2,000 calories and just tries to hit like 200 grams of protein every day and then the fats and the carbs don't really matter as much but you'll notice that they kind of just focus on hitting certain targets every single day and they pretty much allow themselves to eat any food that they want within reason as long as they hit those targets but again we're going to chat about the pros and cons of flexible dieting as well in detail a wee bit later on. And then the next thing that we've got is intuitive eating. So I'm just going to pass you over to Fraser to just explain what that is. Intuitive eating, and this is this. I would say that both of us need to be very careful just not to shit all over it because there's there is a time that I would say intuitive eating is good, but it's preached at the moment a little bit too much. I feel, and um, it's something that I would say if you're very experienced with dieting, if you can look at foods and you know your body. Yes, and intuitive eating is a great method. Like, see, in 10 years' time, when we're, when we're done with bodybuilding, we're just kind of training to keep healthy and fit, and you're trying to lead a healthy lifestyle, you've got the experience that you have. Yes, intuitive eating, you shouldn't have to be using MyFitnessPal to track and log everything. You, you, you'll have, you'll be at a point where you can eyeball things. See, as a beginner, like people are preaching that beginners should be using intuitive eating, they're like, go off what your body feels, what do you feel that you need? You're a beginner, you don't know what the fuck you want or what the fuck you need. <laughs> like, they don't have an idea what a protein target is. They don't have an idea of what a decent amount of protein throughout their day looks, what's too much, what's too little. Like, it's something that you kind of have to really understand nutrition to then go down the route of me- using that method. Yeah, one thing I would always say is, is that, like what Fraser was saying now, the, the one thing that with diet plan, the diet plan has got over flexible dieting and intuitive eating every single time is is like you know exactly what you need to eat and how to hit that exact protein target because we all know protein is the most important macro so you know exactly how to hit it and you know every single day if you follow that you're going to be successful I always say like and I do believe even that people who are training and dieting that are advanced should still be using diet plans but people at the very very beginning of a diet should do a diet plan I think for some people, a diet plan can almost be like the stabilizers on a bike when you first start because it's like, this is exactly how it should look and just follow this and you don't need to do anything else. 
and then you can slowly progress between other different styles of dieting and stuff like that? I, I would turn around and say it's about the exact same, but one thing I would emphasise is, see when we say if you're a new start into a diet, it doesn't need to be you'd be sticking to a diet plan for a long time. Yeah. See like a month, four weeks of you sticking to a diet plan, it can be a great way of just breaking you into it because then you get an idea of how much protein you should be taking and what that actually feels like. You feel the benefits of it. You kind of narrow things down a little bit. I guess I always find as well, it helps get rid of so many shit cravings. Like, was it, do you, ever, do you follow Lane Norton at all? I added his advanced nutrition course. Yeah, so you, you probably know what I mean. Like he was talking about when it comes to like say sugar and um, processed foods, just like receptors in the brain. You know, you know what I'm going to start talking about. It's like like the more shit you have, more processed, more kind of like flavorings to food and stuff like that. Yeah, the more it sets off cravings, um, and it's like the signal that goes off in your brain nonstop. Um, but see, as you cut that out, the longer it's out, the less that goes wild. Once I'd read that post, like he'd done that years ago, the one that stuck in my memory, because when I then went through my prep, see by the end of it, it was like, well, sorry, this is my second prep, I noticed a huge difference because I, my cravings were gone. I wasn't craving, I want cakes, I want McDonald's, I want everything. It was like, I just want to feel full. Compared to my previous prep, my first prep, I was trying to do every diet hack known to man, like zero cow jellies yeah. and stuff like that. And I was trying to like replace that kind of sweet stuff with like low calorie stuff. And it was, my cravings were going wild all the time. I think one of the biggest things to remember as well, see when you're dieting, you're dieting. Like remember that you're trying to lose body fat. If you're bringing in less energy than you require, you need to be hungry. Like you need, it just needs to happen, whether you like it or whether you don't. You, and we spoke about this in the last podcast as well. Like you just need to go through a phase of feeling hungry, and it is what it is. If you want to get from A to B, it's going to be a wee bit hard. It's like I know when you look, you look on social media and you see these people that are all shredded and things like that. Like, wow, I wish I could look like that. They don't talk about being hungry and all that sort of stuff. It's not they, they're not transparent enough with it. And it's just understanding that you are whether you're a really heavy obese guy trying to like lose like I don't know five six stone or somebody who wants to go from being. 12% body fat to 7%, you're going to have to go through a phase of being slightly hungry or super hungry and it's just something that you're going to have to go through and like Fraser just said, doing all these wee hacks, in the long run, it just makes it harder for you because then you just crave the hacks and then you're just going to do more of those hacks and before you know it, I know people who have tried to do these wee daft hacks all the time and then they've done too much of that stuff and then they've messed up their digestion and all sorts of other stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard that I mean? happen loads. I heard that. It's one of these things you kind of need to embrace and needs to be normalised a little bit more that being hungry is normal. Yeah. It's normal. People that coaches that preach, oh, if you're hungry, you should be eating. Nah, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like there's, 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 ways, there's ways to obviously minimise that hunger feeling where it gets the case if you're dropping your calories, you're switching food sources per se to favour more ones that are going to be more filling yeah. um, or um, foods that are higher satiety which basically means like okay you get a larger volume for the amount of calories that that you're requiring for it with that food source like compared to past compared to rice, rice compared to potatoes okay they're always like the common ones um, so yeah normalise that a little bit don't be afraid to be hungry I definitely agree with the case of all these kind of diet hacks for low calorie stuff remember like the zero calorie sauces 
they wreak havoc on people's stomachs. Yeah. I like I used a little bit of that when I was on prep, and like, see, and I like I always say like the only people who should really be using that stuff is guys who are on prep where your calories are super super low. I actually disagree with that. Really? Yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I, it's it's I think at that point, if you're that point in prep, you're so low. I think these sauces for a lot of people are that can be that kind of well brutal to that point with your digestion that can then have an effect on your look like it makes yeah. you hold that little bit of water yeah. and you're mm -hmm. when you're at that point in prep you're trying to manage everything but i think as well like see the people who end up with their digestion absolutely fucked is the people who are pure abusing them like yeah, do you know what i mean true. so like that's see true. like just the way you would just like put a wee bit of tomato sauce over like a, a bacon roll or whatever they're not doing that yeah they're like yeah, that's true. <laughs> taking it way too far and that and because if, if they were only having a small amount like it wouldn't cause all these digest digestive issues and i know this because on my first trip i did this yeah and i was going through like a bottle of like you know the callow fit stuff yeah it's like the, they're better than skinny um but like i was going through a bottle like every four or five days i was kicking the arse out of it though i would say though and i don't know if that you'd agree with this sauces should be as consistent as your protein like see if there's things that I would track per se when it gets to that point. Like your protein's always gonna stay the same pretty much. Yeah. Do you change how much sauce you put on a meal? Not really, no. So it's one of those cases that if you're you're never gonna take away calories from your sauces. So it, I think like obviously going for like instead of going for normal ketchup, you go for like the fifty percent less ketchup yeah. and stuff like that. You would you could just keep that the same. You're never gonna take it away. You're gonna drop it from like your potatoes or your rice or yeah, whatever yeah, like yeah. that you're going to yeah. change that so it's one thing as well it's like that's why i also don't like to i never i never recommend them to clients just right. because i'm like well oh, have some fucking ketchup yeah yeah, yeah definitely i there's like so many other like kind of lower calorie sauces that for our clients like they don't at that point where we are on every calorie counts but it's not the same for everybody else mm -hmm. so like add a bit of brown sauce if you're a real though I catch up like I, 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 think don't, I think don't know one client ever said oh yeah I was having brown sauce and chicken and rice I had an ex who used to put brown sauce on macaroni and cheese it was fucking weird man um, but yeah so when it comes to sauces like I, for, and I find a lot of people as well like putting sauces on your food or not putting sauces on your food is a make or break situation for a lot of people when they're dieting because it's like oh this is so boring because they're, they're too lazy to discover how to season their food yeah. so they end up just eating pure boring bland crap yeah, yeah, yeah I agree Seas seasonings are the absolute key to making yeah like your, your ability to cook is what's going to make you more successful at that like see, the, if you, see if you can't cook as well I'm like what age are you yeah, like yeah. come on man like nobody taught me how to cook I didn't even go to YouTube to tell them how to cook now when I say I'm like the most creative person ever yeah. right and I can still create a good a good meal. I always see people posting recipes for foods and stuff like that and it's like there's a bit of give and take with it though because yeah you want to come up with like interesting ideas to come up with stuff that makes your food more enjoyable yeah and um, but then some of them were fucking ridiculous like you see like oh yeah try this easy low calorie pizza and then they post the macros it's like oh yeah only 800 calories and you're like what no so that's, a, that's like some people's half their calorie intake <laughs> so I, i'm actually going to just go, go on here because something like that happened just the right so one of the guys who competes on all right he's like um he's like eat this to lose fat right and put macros in it and it was like a breakfast eat this breakfast to lose fat and it was like 550 calories I'm like, mate, like, mo most of my female clients, right, like, they just come in and we'll chuck them on about 15 or 16 or a cup of 
calories, right? Maybe 17, 18, that's a kind of higher end, right? And I'm like, as I thought that they're calories, yeah. that means that if they have three meals, that's, that means if they have um, every one of their meals are that same size, they only get three yeah. meals a day. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be like on the bigger boy scale or you're, um, you're, you're high, much higher calorie for that stuff to be actually be applicable. And that's a case of like, you're coming up and changing your food sources so that you don't get that sick of your food. You're like, I'm eating all the time. <laughs> I know. Um, so, what would you say, so the perfect client to follow a diet plan? Like, what would you, like, what would you think, what would you say was the ideal situation for somebody who should follow a diet plan? So, diet plan would be, there's two circumstances when you just start out and then if your goal is like really deadly, deadly serious, like you're competing. They are the two times that I would really implement it. Flexible dieting, um, see if you've got experience dieting already. Like uh, the, the diet plan at the beginning is if you have never dieted before, ever. If you have experience dieting and tracking and stuff like that, then straight at the bat, if you're then starting another diet, you should you should be able to just go straight back into using those methods again. Um, flexible dieting, I think you could do for ages. But intuitive eating is something that see if you're really experienced um, probably with both methods, I would say, or potentially argue, yeah, yeah. that your ability to eyeball stuff. It takes like, I would say like, see if I was to take something straight in the door and like teach some flexible dieting, it would take them about a good, I would say maybe between four and six weeks to get them to understand exactly how things need to be. Mm -hmm. But even at like a day genuinely that I would need to have a diet plan on the side, just to be like, look, go back and look at that. And like, it's kind of like, um, you can use my homework, but don't copy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you don't need to date exactly how it is, um, but this is pretty much how it should look. This is the like, way your meal should be split up. Because you would ask your client how many meals do you eat a day, three, four, or five, and then you would split it up so the protein and carbs are kind of split um, accordingly. Do you know what I mean? And then they could refer to it, and it would obviously yeah. be a lot easier. But even at that, like, I still wouldn't put somebody straight on flexible dieting as soon as they come in, because it's, that first four to six weeks, they need to get quick wins when they come in the door. We're not going to talk too much about coaching just now, but they need to get some quick wins right away. And if they don't get those quick wins, and like, oh my god, this is so stressful. Like, how do I track? Blah blah blah. Like, and, and the problem with a lot of people is, is they're just they're too lazy to sit through ten minutes of a, a ten minute video of you explaining how to track, why you track, and all that kind of sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I would take them in the door. I would put them straight on a diet plan. I'd probably keep them in for about four weeks, and then I'd slowly phase them into. Um, flexible dieting and not straight on seven days a week. I would go like six days on a diet plan, one day tracking, five days, two days, four days, three days until they're seven and seven. Do you know what fair, I mean? Fair. Um, I thought of one other one I would think of someone be a strict diet plan, and it's maybe like if there's like a serious issue, whether it comes to like digestion, when it comes to things like maybe because it's one thing I've definitely seen is massively the rise of people with like IBS conditions yeah. um, or potential blood work conditions, like if like clients that maybe have thyroid issues that they're having to get stuff, you might want to go through a phase of keeping it consistent before and after. If it's like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm having to go on medication or I have to look monitor stuff like that, you might want to be consistent in that way and it would be a very gradual switch of stuff to test things out. That might be the only method. That's my, that might be the only additional time. Probably a diabetic as well. Yeah. Right. But that kind of falls in the exact same category. Yeah. So flexible dieting, um, obviously like Fraser said in the 
as long as you've kind of you've kind of been through a bit of a, a bit of a diet before, you've got a bit of experience dieting, and no slimming world doesn't count, all right? <laughs> um, like actually following a diet plan, right? Because is, is slimming world the one you get sins on. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> You can you can eat as much pasta as you want. Uh, Sounds good, bro. Him and all You can have a banana, but you can have a mashed banana. I know, so fucking weird, man. And, and, Instagram always is like portraying a lot of this methods as well. That I definitely see on Instagram a lot of in, intuitive eating methods seem to be getting preached by a lot of coaches right now. It seems to like like flexible dieting went through this phase years ago. Yeah, and it almost like it was like. You know how you see all those bad diets like just now, every single person in their dog is on keto right now. For really? like three days, like, and then they fail. Aye, like so many people, mate, are on keto just now. Like, I see, like. All those people. I, I was taking a well, this was like last year when I was taking my boot camp. There was like six of the people on keto at that point, right? And they were like, oh my god, I'm losing so much weight. And I'm like, aye, because you're not eating any carbs, mate. Yeah. Like, and like you're basically losing a shit ton of water and muscle at the same time, probably. Um, yeah. But. Like, flexible dieting went through that phase where it was like maybe like four or five years ago where everybody's like, oh, track my calories now, I can't remember yeah. I want, blah, blah, blah. And we're yeah. going to go on and talk about the, um, the things that can go wrong with each one in a minute, but we're not going to talk about just yet. But like, what you were saying there is, is like, it's pure cool to follow that diet. Yeah, stuff, stuff definitely goes through uh, trends. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that's set by Instagram influencers. I need to get to fuck. I like, there's, there's so many things like, like we were talk, we're we're going to talk about genetics in detail in a um in another podcast, but you're looking at these top one percent, even top zero point five percent of genetics in the country, right? Who just somehow always seem to be shredded, and we're not even going to start talking about what gear they're on, right? But <laughs> they're already they've already got really good genetics to start off with, right? They are gifted with those genetics that they're probably going to look lean all year round, even if they're eating like what would be most the biggest population of people's surplus, they'd probably still be lean. And it's, it's their job to be in shape, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's to be in shape. It's like how people have different, people have different body types, but even though within those different body types, different people can hold body fat in different areas. Um, there's also there's also research to say that it can be like a hormone thing as well. Aye. Like depending on like your hormone balance level can determine where you would hold body fat more. Um, I, believe, I believe something that's like if like guys are like holding it more in their love handles it's more of an insulin response and stuff right, like that that's right. it I've, re- I've read that, that whether that's 100% true though um, but yeah there's information out there about that but yeah these guys can get away with eating the, the mad foods that they can be they posting on Instagram and stuff like that what you need to make sure and remember is that you need to be more specific about you don't worry about what other people are doing think about what you want to do and what makes you happy and what can long term make a diet more successful. Aye, exactly. Like like you just said there, like it's it's so important that you're just focusing on yourself and not what other people are doing. And the thing is as well, like they're only showing you like a very small percentage of what they're actually up to. You don't know what they're doing, yeah. like behind you don't know how long they've been training for, you don't know what supplements they're taking, supplements that they're taking, you don't know what their genetics are like, um, what you'd really need to do in that, that kind of case is you need to look away back like five or six years ago yeah. and then like look all the way up to see um, if is that new diet that they've only been doing for four weeks that got them in shape or is it the fact they've been training for six fucking years yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. um, is it that new supplement that they're selling probably not because that's what they're <laughs> selling you right but if you look back fucking they've been in shape for six years or six or seven years or whatever right 
that supplement was only released a year ago, right? What's the chances that supplement got them into that shape? Probably not a chance, right? So it's easily kind of 40M traps that day in the diets that they day, day the exercises that they day, and again that's another thing that we'll talk about later is influence those exercises because it's fucking ridiculous some of your stuff today. Um and like you just need to kind of take what influencers show you as a like as a pinch of as a pinch of salt. Take with a pinch of salt. <laughs> because a lot of the time like they don't find well they're gonna post something on Instagram and you're gonna buy into that thing that they post and then they're gonna make money off it. They don't give a fuck if you believe it or if you don't believe it, all they care about is selling that thing. Just because they're good in a thong. Aye, exactly. Just for guys and girls. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> going back to um, going back to intuitive eating, because we never really went into detail on that yet. So we're gonna kinda of talk about the cons of each one as well. So first we'll talk about intuitive eating. So um I think who would you say would be the perfect candidate for following like an intuitive eating like style of dieting? Someone that is for me got a lot of experience with dieting several years behind them. They know training, they know food, um, they have very good habits and they would be able to turn around and eyeball stuff. Yeah. Like if I was to turn around and say, okay, you want to be having about 200 grams of protein a day, they would be able to turn around and eyeball what 200 grams of protein a day looks like, roughly. The, these things are always get like a bit of give or take, like it doesn't need to be exact. Um, and it might be a case of they're off the back of being like more serious about it, but now they're maybe a case of like, I don't really want to be like trying to put on loads of muscle all the time and then really dying down. I just kind of want to get to a point where it's just more about a maintenance thing. I just want to maintain this look. I'm going to train because I enjoy it, keep me healthy. And uh, I'm just going to kind of go with what I feel. But they've got they've got a better knowledge and knowing of what they feel like. You know, pre-workout, okay, I'll go for something maybe more along the lines of like, a little bit more carby, a little bit more like, more protein, and then a little bit maybe more fat. But then post-workout, they're like just carbs, kind of simple protein, nothing wild, quick shake. Like, they, they, they will know what their body needs. They'll have habits that they have created already. And... They, 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 that way they don't need to track stuff. So let's talk about um, a coach who brings a new client in and puts them straight on the intuitive eating because that is something that's happening just now. So I, this is something I really like to kind of discuss. I think it's a really, like what well, I said, we spoke of, can I leave it earlier? I spoke to Fraser about this and it's like, it's like, I was going like that to somebody, right, go to the gym. Then they're, they're like, it's over there, day. just whatever you feel like. Whatever you feel like, do you know what I mean? What what is it sore? What I whatever you feel like, because like obviously, um, with intuitive eating, they obviously they they honour their hunger cues, right? And I understand that that is it. It's good and it's bad because I mean, if I was to honour my hunger cues, right? <laughs> 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 so fat. We're <laughs> so fat, bro. <laughs> If you've ever done like a fucking high intensity, a high fucking like intensity training session, I don't mean hit, I'm just talking about training in the gym like really hard. See when you leave the gym, you want to eat fucking everything. See if I honoured my hunger cues leaving the gym, I'd be straight in fucking McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like, it's, I just don't feel that it's, so I feel like with intuitive eating, it's not something that a beginner should be doing because they don't understand. 
They don't understand the energy balance, right? You, yeah. should, you should under. There's no understanding of anything. You need to understand energy balance. You need to have been able to have done some sort of diet or have some sort of education surrounding. How, if I look at uh, a meal or whatever, I can turn around and go, right, I know exactly what's in that because you're not allowed to track. So I'm assuming that, that means you don't even look at back hands. Yeah. I would say your training intensity comes into it as well. Aye. Like, cause as, as you're getting more experienced as well, like if I. Take a beginner, their training intensity is low because they're just you're learning like the, the, the basics of stuff. So right. your food is lower, which sometimes happens like after a month, even though you're dieting, your food could be going up. Why? Because your training has gone so much better. You've gone from basically doing a basic squat set of like 10 reps, and now you're just put you're you're able to push stuff that much harder. Your intensifying sets, stuff like that. Because of that, your recovery demands are going up, your expenditure skyrocketing. So you put your food up to help aid recovery so you can keep doing that. Intuitive eating doesn't teach you that. I know. I think like intuitive eating is like a retirement from dieting. Do you know what I mean? Like when you've, like, you've spent years, like, yeah. you spent months and years like understanding like like you've done diet plans, you've done like and I, and I do understand, I, I know that there is evidence out there to back up for like it's good for people who have had the eaters, eaters yeah. and stuff like that but that's, that's a very that's low, line. That's that's line. Line. That's a low population of people when you yeah. actually think about it, right? It is, it is, a, it is a growing population and again bring it back to thank you Instagram influencers um, but yeah it's, it's I'm not a massive fan of it, I'm not a massive fan of it for your generic, generic gen population Intuitive eating isn't a, a method of dying to implement. As you said, yes, people with eating disorders, that is a different yeah. thing. And people that have got loads of experience with it, that is different. But if you're just starting out your first diet, do not adopt that method as, as your dieting method. Agreed, 100%. So the next thing that I kind of wanted to just touch on was just like, obviously, what what diet should, should it's like, when you're, it's like, <laughs> It's like, choose your character. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you're often thinking like, what's the right diet for me? But one thing that you need to also remember is, is what's right for you now might not be the right diet for you later, yeah. right? So let's just say you're now currently tracking and you understand you could eyeball food and you don't really need to track anymore, right? You could probably go on to intuitive eating if you wanted to and you'd probably be comfortable with it. Um, but let's just say you've decided right to do a big fucking heavy hard diet. I want to get ready for a photo shoot or something like that. You just like absolutely shredded. Uh, maybe you got a holiday coming up. Then again, like nailing a nailing a diet plan would probably be the right thing for you. Do you know what I mean? So adapt and device. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just understanding that um, what's right for you now isn't necessarily going to be the right thing for you later on as well. So yeah. don't Things always. Change. Uh, things change don't massively. always just focus on one thing or the other um, make sure that you're constantly kind of um, open to the idea of change uh, just reflecting on what's kind of right for you and kind of things the like that the diet fluid uh, like we said right at the very start we're not trying to shit on any diets right we're trying <laughs> we're to really have a little bit we always say this that we shouldn't do this but we do a little bit we, we actually we tried we did try the hardest to be fair um, but what we're kind of trying to just kind of put across to you is that like we're trying to kind of give you the pros and cons of all the different kind of styles of dieting um, what might be for you, what might not be for you and just to understand that later down the line you might actually um, decide to switch it up and follow a different style of nutrition and that is us. that is all us. for today, I hope you enjoyed that yeah. and we'll catch you next time yeah, in episode 3, catches <laughs>